2: Oh yeah, what's going on everybody? Welcome to the future award-winning Talk of Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter at PadMoranTweet. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy podcast on. New episodes every Tuesday and today, Friday, as well as random bonus episodes scattered all over the place. Just had one of Bill's Mock Trap with Aaron Quinn on Wednesday. When you subscribe, new episodes, they're going to get sent right to your phone or to your device as soon as they are published. By the way, got a contest going on right now, free one, going on on my Twitter, and this is for subscribers only. You can win yourself a free large pizza and 20 wings of whatever flavor you want, courtesy of our friends over at Macy's Place Pizzeria. One of the elite wings and pizza joints in all of Western New York. Everybody knows that. All you got to do is go to my Twitter page. And again, that's at Pat tweets. And right at the very top, there's a tweet pin there. Uh, just you got to retweet it out. You got to reply with a screenshot to prove that you are indeed subscribed to the podcast. And that's it. We'll draw a winner pretty soon on that. And in the future, stay tuned. We'll be doing a lot of promotional giveaways, t-shirts. More wings, more pizza, all kinds of stuff going on. So again, stay tuned for that. It's Casual Friday here. Talk about a podcast. I think that's the name that I've settled on. Every Friday now, I have Dell Reed from Twenty Six Shirts and Bills Mafia with me. Today we'll talk a little Bills, little Sabers, some stuff going on in Buffalo. Unfortunately, not all of it good. At least on the radio media side of it, uh, we'll talk about that at least a little bit. Anyway. We'll talk about the latest t-shirt campaign going on in 26 Shirts. I do that with Dell every week. It means a lot to him and it means a lot to a lot of people. So we'll talk about that. We'll do some of our segments. I was today's years old. Something that me and Dell have learned that we didn't know over the past week. And we're also going to do, I'll tell you what. So last week we did a um, top five list of favorite movies from the 80s. And I put a poll up on Twitter. I got massacred really bad. I could even pull 7% of the vote. So we'll reflect on that a little bit. And then we're going to be doing, instead of doing a top five list, we're actually going to start doing a Mount Rushmore, a snake draft, four four picks each. Today it is favorite TV comedies of all time. That'll be a lot of fun. Plenty of stuff going on with Dell. I don't want to talk anymore at the top. Let's just get right into it. Here it is. My chat, my weekly chat, casual Friday with my buddy Dell Reed. All right. Casual Friday here at Talkin' Buffalo Podcast. Got Del Reed on with me. You know, here's the real question, man. Instead of talking bills and sabers or anything else right off the bat, I'm just going to ask you this. What do you think is going to happen within maybe, say, the next hour or two after we're done taping (laughs) and before this podcast drops on Friday? Because a couple weeks ago, we had these thoughts on Matt Milano and... At least I thought he was definitely not going to resign. The Bills resigned him like an hour after we taped this past week. We didn't even mention him, and then an hour later or so, Mr. Biscay signs with the Buffalo Bills. Like, what's going to happen? Like right after we're done taping today, man. I have no idea because I could not have predicted either of those <laughs>
1: immediately following. So it'll be something that's, I guess, unpredictable, right? So <laughs> we're
2: we'll just gonna have to wait and see. I,
1: I have no idea, but I'm looking forward to it. I know something's gonna happen.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let me get a sip of this coffee before we get going. Are you a coffee drinker? Yeah. What kind of co- like? How do you like your coffee? Like, what kind of coffee do you do you enjoy? Um, I really like those foofy creamers you could buy, like International
1: Delight or me whatever. Too. So I I, I doctored it up, but um, the main I think my favorite brand right now for the Keurig is the San Francisco Bay Fog Chaser. It's a, a really really good coffee. Um, but then again, I like I said I I dump tons of sugar into it. So not a ton. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> I don't turn the coffee white, but I like
2: the, uh, I like a little bit of a uh,
1: little bit of sweetness.
2: Yeah. Me too. I like, I don't drink. Tr- I mean, I can drink normal coffee with just like half and half and maybe a, a, just a tiny bit of sugar or maybe even none at all. But I'm like you, I, I prefer the half flavor. Like that's, I'm trying right now to, to shed a couple pounds. And probably one of my worst habits is not one of my worst habit is like, I love ice cream and and chocolate mm. milkshakes and all that stuff. So I'm kind of making it that my quote unquote treat is coffee that has like flavor in it because it does. It has sugar and carbs, like like with international delight, which sucks by the way. They had two, my two, literally my two favorite flavors of all time. They just discontinued in the last six months. They had an Oreo flavored creamer, which I loved, and they had a Reese's peanut butter uh, flavor, which style which I loved. They got a cocoa petals Wait. now. Hold up,
1: hold up! They, they canceled the Reese's
2: peanut butter cup. Yep, Creeper. Yep. (laughs) Swear to God, this is not not good. It's not (laughs) not not good. (laughs) Dell, this is. I swear to God, it happened like shortly before Christmas last year. At the end of towards the end of twenty twenty, they did it. I swear to God, I'm not lying to you here. This is the dead honest truth. I got a friend back in Buffalo who was so. Uh, he loves it so much. I wanted to say addicted. Maybe, well, obviously he is addicted to it. You know what he did? He got wind that it was going out, that flavor. He bought mm. 25 creamers and, and stuffed them and in the them. freezer. Yeah. He's got Smart them frozen. Guy. Smart <laughs> man. He is. So I, I've been trying out, uh, like I said, the Cocoa Pebbles is okay. And now I just, man, I'm so disappointed. M&M's is like my, one of my favorite candies in the world. Although I did not list that on my favorite candy bars. I don't think I did anyway. No, I didn't. When we did that a few weeks ago. Um, there's an M&M's flavor from coffee mate. And I was, I saw it. I was like, I gotta have this. I looked forward I I brought home, I, I made a cup and it was terrible, dude. It tasted like hot water. Like there was no flavor. I was so disappointed because I love, again, I, if I'm going to indulge myself in one of these flavors, I really like the chocolatey taste. Like I feel like I'm mm-hmm. drinking a milkshake or a glass of chocolate milk, but. Shit sucked, man. So
1: bad. Yeah, dude, I don't know how you quantify chocolate with a candy shell into a coffee creamer. That's a that's a that's a, that's a, there's a there's a layer of complexity there.
2: <laughs> I'm training my I told you, I'm training my mind right now that that's my only treat as I'm trying to, to eat a little bit better anyway and uh shed a couple pounds. By the way, I should also mention this too, so we are taping this Thursday afternoon. Hopefully not, but there's a chance that you might hear a lawnmower or some some crap going on right in front of my house because the landscaping here at this complex decided that Thursday afternoon, right when I'm about to start taping, it's a perfect time to start trimming bushes and blow leaves all over the place and and do their landscaping. Hopefully you don't hear that though. By the way, speaking of, you know, the weather's obviously nice down here. The weather has been pretty nice up in Buffalo, man. Well, have, you, have you been up to anything? Have you done anything differently to enjoy this weather? Or are you just so tied down with work and everything? You haven't really gotten a chance to do nothing.
1: Uh, I've gotten out and and walked a bunch. You know, one of the goals that I I, I set for myself right around this time last year was to get around ten to fifteen thousand steps in a day, yeah. which is difficult to do when it's snowy and cold outside. So, sure. uh, it's been it's been a, it's been much easier. You know, I've been going for a walk, you know, before I leave for work. You know, every morning and normally be, being able to squeeze one in afterwards, it's, it's really nice. And I love my neighborhood, man. I love walking around the neighborhood up and down the different streets. You know, I, this past year, I, I've lived there since 2002, but I feel like I've actually like really like connected with my neighborhood. Because you know how where you grow up and you like, I could tell you, I grew up in, in the town of Tonawanda, not far from where I live now. But like that neighborhood, like I know every single street. I know where the order they're all in. And I've lived in this neighborhood now since 2002. And I still couldn't quote to you like the 10 blocks between my street and like Kenmore Avenue. I could, I could probably do that now in order, but I could never do that before, you know, this past year. So I've got, I got to connect a little bit more with, with my hood. So that's yeah, cool.
2: I'll tell you what, I haven't lived, I grew up on the West side, man. And I have not lived on the West side since I was man, 18, 19, maybe 20 years old at the most. And I could still, to your point, I could still remember every single street Every way to get to every single place. um, Yeah, I've been down here in Florida for five years. And, and honest to God, I mean, I could get to a lot of places just visually remembering. But the names of streets, nah. The people, no. I mean, that's one thing that I I really miss about Buffalo. That you just don't have in bigger areas like Florida. Like in Buffalo, if you want to go to whatever community, local, neighborhood restaurant you have for wings or pizza or you know, just to sit down for a Friday fish fry with your family, you go to that same place, you're going to see a lot of the same familiar faces from the neighborhood that you know very well. Whereas a place like down here in Florida, I could go to whatever, right? I don't even want to say a diner because there are none because everything's corporate owned, but whatever you go to, I could go there a hundred times over the course of a hundred weeks. And I won't probably won't see the same people twice, except the employees. You know what I mean? It's just different. You don't have that neighborhood, uh, community feel that, that Buffalo has. Where do you live? Like, what area do you live in right now? I know your office is on main street, but like, what area do you live in?
1: I'm holding it down in Kenmore. So not too far. I mean, it's like right next door to Tonawanda, you know, but, um, yeah, I always joke that, you know, I got my wife as far out of Kenmore as I was ever going to get her. And we live in Kenmore. (laughs) So (laughs) That's not a complaint at all. In fact, like I, you know, we bought this house. That we live in now as a starter house, but uh, it's our it's our finisher house now, and you know we've just sunk too much money into the property. We've put too much memories into where we live. And I was, I said yesterday. I've said it probably a million times. Like the last time I leave that house, it's going to be in a bag. <laughs> it's just like that's it. Not going anywhere else. You know, that's it. So I got a good um, I got
2: a good amount of friends um, that I grew up with that live in Kenton area, the mm-hmm. West. I mean, God, man, I love the West Side, and it's making a comeback, which is good. But a lot of like the people I grew up with during that time anyway, like the, the 1990s, early 2000s, the neighborhood got pretty bad and people grew up, got to be young adults and then they moved out. And in the case of the West side, a lot of people went from the West side over to, to North Buffalo and then migrated into, into Kenmore and, and Tonawanda. Oh, yeah. So my yeah.
1: father-in-law grew up, sorry.
2: Go ahead. No, I was going to say it. Uh, my
1: father-in-law grew up on Connecticut and 14th. Oh, okay. And yeah, and now he's in Kenmore, you know? yeah. and that's true for, for so many. Yeah. My it is. She grew up in North Buffalo. Now she lives in Kenmore. So
2: when you go for your walks, man, do you, uh, do you listen to podcasts besides, I mean, look, I obviously when you get an opportunity, I know, I'm sure you listen to a lot of the Buffalo bills podcasting favorite ones, like, like lockdown bills and the Bruce exclusive and you know, some of the guys from cover one and stuff like that. But like when you're going for your walks, one, do you listen to podcasting or, or, or do you bang out tunes or do you not listen to anything? And also what are a couple of whether it's on your walks or at your office in the car, what are a couple of podcasts that you enjoy listening to that are not Buffalo Bills or even <laughs> Buffalo related at all? Because I know you too well and you'll start throwing out everybody because you're not going to exclude a couple of people. So not counting buffalo sports podcasts. Like do you get an opportunity to ever to listen to any of those?
1: Yeah, that I yeah, I do. And in fact, it's it's I listen to podcasts for two different things. One is Buffalo sports. hmm And you know the reason I, I know I mentioned Locked On Bills last week. The reason I, I love what Joe does is because man, it's in and out. You know, yeah. it, he just it's it's him alone, and I'm able to get all the information I need probably in about twenty minutes. Yep. If you run it at like one point five speed, I can get all that information. You know, Joe just dumps on there. It's great. But the ones you mentioned are. Are all awesome as well. You know, I love the Buffalo Beat as well. Mm-hmm. You're asking me not to talk about the Buffalo Sports ones, and here I am doing it. But like, I listen to <laughs> a lot of those. You know, well, um, I know you listen to them, but like non-Buffalo Sports ones. Yeah, not, not to. I mean, like, the, there's like I said, there's two different things. <laughs> one is Buffalo Sports, and the other one is like all that Marvel MCU comics, movies, all that stuff. So, you know, I really enjoy the. You uh, see, I'm looking through my my list here now. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, sorry have to edit that the marvel cinematic universe podcast which is probably the least original name but it's they're great uh they do a great job that team uh i I like the Geekiverse. there are a a bunch of local guys here in buffalo that you know i've been you know i've had the opportunity to be on there a bunch you know uh, which they do a great job it's more than just marvel they do star wars they do you know you know video games which i kind of i pass over those because that's not where i'm at right now but you know uh Post show recaps. They have one called Everything is Super, which is about superhero movies and, and TV shows. Assembly Required, which is an Avengers pun. Uh, the MCU fan show. So, okay, so it's the same thing over and over again. So, <laughs> you know, they, they drop a new WandaVision episode. Uh, I listened to four different groups of people talk about it, and they drop a, a, a new, now it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I listen to them talk about it. But uh, last summer, because there was no sports, there was no new entertainment content really coming out you know, I went through, I watched through all the Marvel movies again and you know, there's a couple podcasts assembly required uh, specifically uh, that just went through an entire retrospective and they just walked through the, you know, the history of all those movies. So I got to kind of rewatch those again as I'm on my walks, listen to them talk about the different movies. It's really cool too. Like uh, just like sports, you know, with movies, you could have two different, you know, two different groups of people talk about the same movie and come at it from a completely different perspective. So it that's something that I really get into. And then also, you know, Justin Long has uh, a really good podcast called life is short. And uh, I, you know, depending on who he's interviewing, I'll listen to that one. And, you know, Dax Shepard has the armchair expert podcast, which yeah. is pretty good as well.
2: Me too. Um, so I mean, I listen to podcasts for a couple of different reasons and one of them from, quite frankly is I, I keep my, my eyes and my ears on everyone around the Buffalo area not just for the content, which of course I enjoy, but also little t- just podcasting things that I try to pick up on, like some style that that somebody has. I'm like, well, this works, or or maybe in some cases it doesn't. So I'm always trying to learn and pick up things from my own show by listening to other people, non Buffalo stuff. Um, what you mentioned, Dak Shepard, I listen to that. I got like three or four that are like in my rotation, and it sounds like you spend a lot of time, like your free time when you when you have an opportunity, actually listening to podcasts. I'm I'm very much the same way. The Dak Shepherd one I listen to all the time, literally with Rob Lowe is another one that I've been enjoying a lot. He's got some, <laughs> I didn't know he had one. I didn't yeah. know he had a podcast. Oh, dude, You gotta go check it, it out. It's really good. It's, again, it's very, it's not him so much interviewing people. I and mean, he's had, I mean, everybody on that show already. In fact, he just had like Matthew McConaughey on a couple weeks ago. It's not so much him interviewing and asking a bunch of questions. It's just him and someone else reminiscing and shooting the shit about their careers and stuff. It's, it's really good. Uh, Mark Marin, WTF Pod, that that's uh that's another good one. And I'm a big fan of The Office. So the Office Ladies and Um I I forgot the new one, but it's an office deep dive with Brian Baumgartner, which is really good. Which by the way, the office premiered sixteen uh years ago this week. So my favorite show ever. I probably just gave a, a little bit of a spoiler away for something we're gonna be doing a little bit later in this podcast. But yeah, man, I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts, and it's no disrespect to radio. I just Maybe it's because I don't live in Buffalo, so I don't really don't get a chance to tune into WGR as much as I used to, but you know, we're, we're sports guys Dell, but not just sports guys. Like sometimes I could get uh, worn out from listening to too much sports. So you gotta, you gotta be able to mix it up, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I know I'm Mr. Bill's mafia and I'm known for my, my Bill's fandom and everything, but it's just one component of Everything that's in the world that I enjoy, you know, it just happened to sure. be that. that's kind of what hit and you know, so that's what I'm known for. And, you know, obviously I, I love the Bills to death and they're a huge part of my life. But man, I love I love movies. I, there's actually one podcast I didn't mention, uh is Naval, N A V A L. It hmm. uh <laughs> like one of the smartest people alive. It's really non traditional podcast format where it's oh, and I listen to Gary V too, because I think we all listen to Gary V, right? Sure. But um But Naval is great. It's a great follow on Twitter. It's it's, a lot of it is like philosophy. It's really, he takes like the simplest things and kind of turns them around. You're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. But he does it in such a way that it's very engaging and it's, you know, really just lays it out, almost like breadcrumbs it for you a little bit. So it makes um, somebody who's nowhere near as smart as this guy or most people walking around, right? um, I'm able to understand these really deep concepts that he's putting out there. Um, So I, yeah, I really enjoy uh, Naval is a great follow on Twitter. He's a great listen for, for podcasting. Um, He actually, I'm not, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan show that often, but he did an episode with Joe Rogan a few years back, which is absolutely worth um, looking up to anybody that, you know, really wants to, Burn some brain cells in trying to like keep up with you know somebody who's so smart.
2: You know I don't listen to Joe Rogan show often either, but you got to give the man credit. First of all, he's built an absolute empire just from his podcast alone. I got like a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify, but like his shows are two and a half to three hours long. And my thought is like, who in God's name has two and a half to three hours of time to listen to a podcast three times a week? But I mean, yo, he slaps up. One of his latest episodes, and this is just on YouTube. This ain't even audio. People who download it on Apple, like most people, two three million hits on YouTube within a week from his podcast. It just blows my mind how somebody could be that successful at uh, what he does. It's crazy, man.
1: Well, he's an excellent interviewer. You got to give him that. Like he is, he does a really good job of you know getting information out of the person he's talking to, but also in such a way that he's just he's he's really good at what he does.
2: Yeah, if it feels like he's at a bar having a beer with somebody and just getting every single detail in the world out of them in the process while he's doing it, uh, I, w- I want to talk twenty six shirts like we do every week to feature a shirt. Before that, though, and Dell and I talked briefly before, before we started taping. I'm not going to really get into it, but this is a this is talking Buffalo podcast, so I do highlight things good or bad for Buffalo. And unfortunately, there was a ugly controversy at ninety seven Rock. I'm really not going to get into the details. Pretty much everybody knows or they will know. All I got to just say is, uh, is it's very unfortunate, man. I don't want to completely ignore it. Cause then people are going to say, well, why won't you talk about it? I First of all, I don't want to put it in context that I don't know yet. It's just, and again, I'm sure Dell feels the exact same way. It's just really unfortunate that, you know, somebody would go on the air and whether it was ignorance, whether it was more than that, it's just, uh, I don't know, be better. And again, just very unfortunate, but I want to move on. I want to talk 26 shirts because that's something near and dear to my heart, obviously yours. And, and many people who uh listen to this podcast and beyond this week's shirt, volume eight shirt 21, a shirt that says Alan, this is, I, I could probably tell you this every week, but I really, truly legitimately mean this right now. This might be one of my top three to five favorite looking shirts that 26 shirts has ever done. I love the design. So before I even get into, uh, uh, and encapsulate who this is about and who this is for this campaign this week, let me, let me ask you this, man, who designed who gets the credit for designing that shirt? Because I love it. Uh, the
1: Alan is Buffalo design was done by our creative director, Josh. Uh, just I love amazing. It. It's funny. It's a running joke that we, you know, we shoehorn a Buffalo into everything and, you know, We'll get into it in a second, but this shirt benefits, you know, some dear friends of mine, Sean and Amanda Allen. And so it's just a great, you know, double dip in terms of you know, it's their last name. Um I believe it's the last name of Buffalo's starting quarterback as well. I so, think so it's just, <laughs> it's just some, some good synergy. Uh if you know, if I can quote Alec Baldwin from, from Thirty Rock there, but <laughs>
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. (laughs) Uh, It just really lines up well, and he did
1: a great job. In fact, the, 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 the legs turning out to be the number 17. If you look at it closely, um, that was something that, you know, we didn't really discuss or anything. Um, and so he's putting it together and all of a sudden, you know, he's drawing. all was just, you love me. I'm an amazing creative director. You hiring me was like the best thing you ever did or something along those lines. And then he turns <laughs> he turns his iPad around and he shows me the, the 17. I was like, great job, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, so subtle. And, and man, it just works. And if you don't see it, you don't see it. And it's still a great design, but, you know, it it jumps out at some people. So it's really... You know, it's really cool. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything,
0: which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news.
1: We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: To be able to have the name Allen like that and still have it look like the Buffalo. And then again, with the, with the 17 and make even the legs, I mean, goddamn, it's just, it's brilliant. But anyway, I want to talk about who uh, the shirt is for. And it's, again, this is something personal for you. I'll read the capsule like I, like I do every week here. So this is the campaign. Recently, Amanda and her husband, Sean received the news that Amanda had, stage three rectal cancer, and would immediately begin chemotherapy regimen, which takes almost five months. After three months of chemotherapy, doctors will run some tests to see if Emmanuel will also have to do radiation and possibly surgery. The treatment has been very difficult on Amanda's body, making it impossible for her to continue working at this time. Their children, Taylor, 12 years old, and Lincoln, and just four, have brought them so much joy during this challenging time. Sean and Amanda's faith have been instrumental in helping them cope with the situation. The Allens are so thankful to family and friends for all the support that they have received so far. Please consider a shirt purchase or donation to their online fundraiser, which is a GoFundMe. And I'll also link that in the show notes that is on the 26 Shirts page as well. Um, and I saw a tweet from you that this one, again, is a little more personal. This helps support their friends. of yours. So tell us more about that, like your relationship and and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, you
1: know every family we help is so important, you know, and, I, and nobody gets special treatment or right. anything like that. You know, I, hopefully nobody thinks that to begin with, but regardless, I just I like to put that out there. And, sure. But yeah, I mean, I've I've known you know Sean and Amanda since probably nineteen ninety six or ninety seven. I've known them like forever. You know, visited the hospital when their kids were born. You know, my wife and I we watched their kids at different parts in life. We just we've shared so much of our lives you know, Chrissy and me with Sean and Amanda and, you know, they've had, they've had their struggles, you know, just, and, you know, this is just, sadly, this is like the, the latest thing that they've had to deal with, um, not to get into the, their personal life, but they've had it rough, you know, and for, for this to come down the pike, it's just like, come on, can't they get a catch a break? You know? And so it's just my heart is, you know, breaks for them, but really want to support and encourage them, you know, and, and, and so thankfully this design is doing really well. And so I'm really excited for when it finishes up and we can, you know, make a big donation to them, but, um, just a sucky situation, man. I don't know how to put it, you know? And I, mean, so often when I have, you know, phone calls with these, with beneficiaries and stuff, or, you know, people are going to be helping Talking to somebody yesterday with a shirt we're going to be helping them, you know, within a few weeks. I'm like, but I told her I said, Man, your story sucks. <laughs> yeah. You told it. You told it well. I understand it. It just like it sucks. And I'm sorry. And hopefully we can, you know, help out a little bit. And I always tell people I hate meeting them under these circumstances. Well, obviously I've met Sean and Amanda a long time ago. Um, but I hate that they're going through these circumstances now. And so it means a lot. And I've seen, you know, I tweeted about it and I've seen some people they've replied back to my tweet and said, Hey, you know, it's a great design to begin with, but you know, really pushed me over the edge to buy it. Cause you know, it means something to you and they're your friends. And so that means a lot, you know, um, but
2: it's just, it sucks. <laughs> Their story sucks. Well, again, in this particular instance, if, if I saw this shirt at uh, TJ Maxx or something like that, and it had nothing to do with 26 shirts, I like, yo, I, I like that shirt. I want it. So from a, Design standpoint, I want it. And then, of course, from what it does in the cause, that's an easy yes for for, for anybody, for any shirt when when it comes out. You know, we hit on this a little bit last week. We did a little bit more um, today. You talked a little bit about this takes a toll on you a little bit to some extent when, whether it's somebody that you personally have have known before, whether it's a complete stranger that you had never met in your life before you hear their story. We see the good, and there's a lot of it, helping somebody, Del Reed constantly being involved, whether it's with 26 Shirts or some other thing that's benefiting somebody in Western New York, a lot of good stuff. That's the positive side, but it does, and and speak on this a little bit, it it does slowly kind of rip at you a little bit, man, and and it takes your toll because anyone listening, just think about it. If, uh, If you sat there, and we're constantly, whether it was family or friends or strangers, just having to hear horrible things that are going on with people in their lives. I've, I know for me, it would. And I would think for people listening, it starts to, you know, take a little bit of an emotional toll. And you spoke a little bit how you you don't necessarily, you're not hardening up because you don't want to be insensitive to everything, but you have no choice to kind of close down at least somewhat a little bit, just so you can emotionally be able to deal with some of this stuff and make some of the decisions that you do. But just speak on that a little bit, how s- stuff like this does take, you know a little bit of an emotional toll on you and then you have a beautiful family at home you got to go home and, and be a good dad and a good husband you know and, and try to be positive and live the best life you can but it can be tough sometimes with that toll that it takes on you ain't it yeah
1: absolutely and i was talking about it you know last week how my perspective is i have to absorb it i have to think on these people's stories and i have to i have to make it personal because if i'm going to revel in their situation when they beat cancer or when they get on the other side of whatever their, their issue is, then I, I don't, I don't get a a pass on dealing with the negative side for the the, the stories that are really tough, you know? So that is something that I do. You know, I I do, I guess struggle with, but like at the same time, like I've kind of passed through that. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take it all, <laughs> take it on and listen to it because, you know, I'm dealing with, 0.00001% of the angst that these families are, you know what I mean? Like for me, they're a story and they're a phone call or two and a few exchanged emails for them. Like this is their life. And so it just, I, you know, I don't mean to, I don't ever try to make it about me or anything like that. Um, but to mention again, the conversation I had yesterday with, uh, the future beneficiary, like. The dude is 45 years old. Kidney cancer. Young. I'm 45 years old. Right. <laughs> you know, Scary. and yeah. And his health insurance situation isn't so hot because he never needed good health insurance. Yeah, Nobody needs good health insurance until you need it. Right. Right. And so now he's dealing with the fact that his the insurance company isn't going to pay for a PET scan because his that type of cancer that he's dealing with shouldn't need one to, according to their standards. It's just garbage. Um and, and so it's just all the more important that we go as hard as possible for every family that we help. You know, we do, we have to do our absolute best. We can't buy the shirts, you know, we have to, but we have to make sure that we're putting the best designs out there, the best quality product out there. And we're, that we're telling the story of the people we're helping as best we can. That's, that that's huge. And, um, yeah. I'm off track now a little bit probably, but it, it's, it's tough, but you can never, you can never let up, you know, I can never let up. I can never mail it in. I can never coast every I needed. I try to like with what I'm doing with Sean and Amanda right now, this is the same hustle I bring to every campaign and it, it, yeah, it wears you out, but uh, I'm not a construction worker. I'm not a machinist. I, like, uh, you know, I'm not coming home physically exhausted every day after, you know, either landscaping or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is people do. Like this is, this is my job. So it, it's got a little bit of an emotional toll, but I can, I can manage.
2: I'm sure. And people depend on your creativity and, and, and depend on the positivity that you bring in and the energy, which if you, if you allow it to take too much of a toll on you, you know, in future campaigns that that ends up suffering a little bit, which thankfully is not the case. So let's do a, We'll spend a few minutes here talking Sabres and Bills and we'll get to our weekly segments to wrap up. This is kind of like a good news, bad news, depending on what team you want to talk. About. Let's start with the bad news, man. Let's just, the Buffalo Sabres, bro. 15 in a row. They've, they've not won as, hold on. I remember at the beginning, I said something always happens after we tape, it. I just figured it out. We're going to tape this. The Buffalo Sabres on Thursday night, they're going to win five, nothing at Pittsburgh and look like the greatest team has ever played hockey. That's probably what's going nah, to happen. I like it. I like it. <laughs> but Let's going it. into the game, all right? 15 in a row, man. Franchise record is never, ever, even in the tank years, never have they went 15 games without winning one. It's about to be 10 years, no playoffs, which is now tied for the most in not just Sabres history, in the history of the National Hockey League, ever. That's not good, bro. I was listening to the Tim Graham show. We're talking about podcasts that hey, we enjoy, and this is dipping back into Buffalo stuff here. But on, on Tim's show, he had Jerry Sullivan on, and, and uh, I can't remember, or oh, Matt Fairborn, and, and, uh, and, and Jonah, and and they talked about the worst. Forget about the Sabres being the worst team in the NHL, the worst team in all of sports. And they kind of came to the conclusion that the Buffalo Sabres might be the worst team in all of sports right now, man. It's just so hard to fathom, Dell, because... I know that you're you are a Sabres fan, and you've talked about how you actually enjoy yeah, absolutely the, the hockey watching more. Um, how tough is that of, of a pill to swallow right now? Because it's just not fun watching this team. It's not fun going on Twitter. You like to be a positive person. You go on Twitter, and all you're going to see is a bunch of bullshit all up and down your feed during Sabres games and beyond. Because this team is just historically bad, and they're a laughing stock, man. It's hard, ain't it? Yeah, it's
1: disappointing and it's confusing when you look at the you look at the roster on paper. Like there is talent there with mm-hmm. Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin, Taylor Hall. Like there's there's there are high there are top tier NHL players on the roster. So I I don't know I I don't I don't know what the story is I don't understand how, I mean like I guess I talked about how much I enjoy watching it I don't understand hockey well enough to to give you an informed opinion in terms of what they're sure. doing right or wrong. Um, it's just disapp- It's just disappointing, and you know, frustrating. Hopefully, after this season, you know, the ship can get righted, and they're able to, you know, make this a team that people can get excited, excited about again. It's, 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 it's rough. It's rough to have not had Buffalo Sabres hockey for as long as we did, and then for you know them to return. You know, at this level of play, it's it's disappointing. But you know, I just try. I try not to dwell on it too much. It, it, it just you just gotta maybe next season will be different. You know, they'll have a new coach, uh, the general manager. Maybe we'll get to implement like whatever he wants to implement it, it, for for his front office and his coaching staff. So you know, we'll see what happens.
2: It's just it it it's puzzling to me this organization right now. You you hit on. You don't have to be a hockey expert to know this. There is, there's enough talent on this roster that they shouldn't be this bad. And it's tough to really get a a, a grasp of this team for that reason. And guys who are good players, or at least they're supposed to be good or, are not good. Rasmus Stalin, you mentioned him. A generational talent a couple of years ago. The first overall pick. Dude, I, I <laughs> he looks like a scrub right now. I I, loved, I watched on Wednesday night, that game against Pittsburgh was embarrassing. He was so bad that it was embarrassing, and I just, it's just, it's hard to fathom, and, and it's hard to understand, and to your point, which I'm glad you mentioned that, we went a year without watching Sabres hockey, and to see this team fall so hard, and to have the fans in the kind of mood right now, and their feelings like they are about this team, it's just unbelievable to believe, and there was, well, it got wiped because of COVID, which was nothing to do. It wasn't the Sabres fault, but last Saturday, the Sabres were supposed to have a home game in front of 2000 fans for the first time in 13 months. They couldn't sell 2000 seats, man. They didn't even, there were still tickets available when that happened. It's just, uh, it's just, it's hard to fathom. Jay Skursky from the Buffalo news made a point on Twitter, which, which I agree with. He goes, this might be the most loath- loathsome team that he's ever seen in Buffalo sports. The bills were two and 14 in the mid 80s, back to back years, the Sabres lost on purpose for two straight years. But this team's just not likable, man. They're, they're, uh, people loathe them. I do. I know you don't because, again, <laughs> I know who you are as a person and I don't blame you, man. I kind of wish I could be like you more when it comes to stuff like that. I'm just angry and, and frustrated. But to call a team loathsome, like, like Jay did, that's just really telling. Now, a team who's not, let's switch gears quickly here because, I don't want to get on one of my rants about um, the Sabres. I'll save that for when I have Chris Baker or Joe Yurden. I got Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News coming on the show next Tuesday. I'll, I'll save all my Sabre rants for him. Buffalo Bills, man, continues to be a non-flashy, but yet meaningful and productive offseason since we spoke last, again, literally right after we wrapped up talking last week, they signed Mitch Trubitsky. Quality backup. Uh, Effa Obata. A defensive lineman who frankly, I didn't know a ton about until I just started doing some reading over the last couple of days at five and a half sacks with the Panthers. I think they signed him to kind of fill the role that they were hoping Quinton Jefferson would have did a little bit better job of last year for the bills. And then one that a lot of fans like, and I do too, and I'm, you probably do as well. Isaiah McKenzie's back. I'm sure that makes you happy, don't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, three good signings all when you, when you look at them, you know, Mitch
1: Trubisky, you know, listening to again, <laughs> I'm going to start sounding like a locked on bills stand, but I'm just, that's where I get, where I'm getting this information from. So do
2: you want to tell Marino um, deserves the props? That's all yeah, right. He right. Yeah.
1: So he had a, a guest on from the the Chicago locked on, you know, locked on bears. And he talked about how Mitch Trubisky was well known for extending plays in, in college. And after the play breaks down and there, the, for four years or whatever it was, you know, Matt Nagy and, was trying to put him in an offense which was pure pocket passing. Well, you you just look at how Josh Allen plays football, and in terms of extending the play, and so that's a good fit. You know, that, that's not. I'm not saying in any. I'm not saying that they're the same player or they're even in the same echelon, but they're right. It sounds. It sounds to me like they're they're in the same uh, neighborhood in terms of how they play the game naturally, and so I think that's great it's, you know, God forbid something should happen to Josh Allen. The offense doesn't have to com- do a complete rework just so that, you know, they're able to, you know, field a semi-successful, you know, outing the next week. So um, that's, that's good. The, with F.A. Obata with five and a half sacks, he would have led the bills last year. So that's a, that's a huge sighting. That's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so, true. Yeah. you know, so that's great. And what what a what a cool story when you hear about his story in terms of how he was, you know, trafficked to England and, uh, the social services took care of him and eventually discovered football in college. So he's 29 years old and he's only been playing football for seven years. So, you know, most of the guys in the NFL, they've been playing it since, you know, they could, you know, walk, you know, their, their, their dad or whomever like threw a helmet on him and said, okay, you're going to Pop Warner or Pee Wee or something, um, so this guy's only seven years. So 29 years old is a little old for a football player generally, but he doesn't have a lot of, you know, tread on the tires per right. se. And he's, you know, he's only trending up, you know, those five and a half sacks, I think they all came in the the second half of the season last year. So uh, he finished hot. So maybe he can start hot this year. So it'll be interesting to see what, what the team does. And uh, w- with that player and, you know, defensive end is something that, you know, they want to, they needed. To, they needed to bring in some some talent for that. You know, you know Jerry Hughes and um, I'm having a brain fart.
2: Mario Addison. Yeah. Mario
1: Addison. They, you know, they're they're a little farther along in their careers. So you want to bring in you know players that are competent that can play those early downs and you know bring them in for, for you know third down or whatever whatever it is. So just so they're, they're not getting huffed you know, yeah, yeah. into the game. So you give them spells. So I think it's great. I think it's a great signing. And then obviously Isaiah McKenzie, we know what he brings to the table and, you know, you read all the quotes, you know, following his signing, all the things he said. I mean, pff, that's, that's music to every Bill's fans ears. Yeah. The
2: candy quote, <laughs> he would have, he would have came back for candy, man. Look, I, I like Isaiah's resigning a lot too. I'd, he's going to have an opportunity to do more this year too. He might, uh, he, he, I would assume he's got the inside track on being the kick and the punt returner this year with Andre Roberts gone. He's got a nice little role. Even if it's a gadget role in the office. Hey, at the end of the day, he scored five touchdowns last year. I mean, people forget that. Five touchdowns receiving plus uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown. So he got in the end zone six times for the Bills last year. That's not nothing. I like that resigning a lot. Obata, look, I don't know much about him. Um, you know, we talked about this a couple times already. I think you're in, in this mode, and so am I, to be frank with you. Kind of chill, and let's just trust the process type mode. And, you know, at this point, nothing the Bills are going to do. There's no one that they're going to go out and sign right now. I'm be like, what the hell? Why? Mm-hmm. That's terrible. They've earned that trust, and, and we've talked about that. And, yeah, I like Mitch Trubisky, too. I will say this, though. Personally, it, it sucks to see a good guy like Matt Barkley go. And I think Matt Barkley, and I think fans feel this, too. He deserves a lot of credit not for anything he did on the field, but off the field, everything I've, and I've talked to some players and I've, I've read a lot. I've seen a lot, very good mentor of sorts to Josh Allen. He really helped him get acclimated to the NFL. He was a very positive influence on him in the quarterback room. He was very close to him personally off the field, the families. So he deserves a lot of credit for helping Josh because it's not just talent. If it was just talent, these guys who are supposed to be good would always be good. There's a lot of talented players we see come in. For whatever reason, they don't work out. And uh, so it goes beyond just talent. And, and people like Matt Barkley are a positive influence. So it sucks to see him go. But again, you know, just, just trust trust the trust the process. Sounds so corny and cliche to say. But Dell, it's right. Yo, when you win, you trust the process. I don't know anything about Obata, but I'm like, all right. They know what they're doing. I'm, I'm just going Yeah,
1: They've earned it, man. And it's something that it's, you know, it's how, I mean, how many, t- how many times did the Bills make decisions over the past 20 years where you were just like, who is making these decisions? And you, you didn't even know, you didn't even know what is it Marv Levy? Is it Russ Brandon? Is it Doug Whaley? I don't right. know who is. And so now, you know, we've got uh, a front office in place, which is just they have such a great track record over the past three or four years. Like you are not allowed to complain because no. they have 100% earned our trust. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's so relaxing. It's the a complete antithesis of what we were just talking about a moment ago with the other team, you know, just no, it doesn't matter what happens. We're like, okay. You know, yeah. a, and now that any, any decision the Sabres make this off season, whether it's good or bad, is going to be met with skepticism by fans just because they're so frustrated
2: um, when now it's the exact opposite with the Bills. So hopefully
1: the Sabres can get there too.
2: Yeah, they got a long way to go. But yeah, it's all about winning and losing. Uh, Let's end with our segments. Before that though, well, this kind of leads into it. Somebody on Facebook, a good friend of mine brought up a point and I want to get your take on this. It's not like a contest. I'm just asking you for your, your opinion. We're going to go back to the 80s because last week, We talked about 80s movies, more on that in a second, but he wanted to know Michael Keaton or Tom Hanks when it comes to 80s movies, who was better? And let me read this list to you of just the hits that these guys both had in the 80s. So we'll start with Michael Keaton, Night Shift, Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, Gung Ho, Beetlejuice, and Batman, the first Batman movie. Then you move on over to Tom Hanks. You had... Splash, Bachelor Party volunteers, the money pit, dragnet, the Bergs, big and Turner and Hooch. which of those two are better from the 80s That's tough man yeah, it is tough and
1: I think a good compromise is let's give Michael Keaton the 80s and we'll give Tom Hanks the 90s <laughs> and, I mean he, there's there's some gems in there, you know uh, money pit very underrated 80s movie very underrated it is um you you know but tom hanks did a really amazing job of transitioning from comedy to drama um maybe the the best ever maybe maybe the best best ever ever. you look at bachelor party if you watch bachelor party you I think I've seen it once, and that was when I was... It was in the 80s, and I probably wasn't supposed to watch it. My parents should have probably let me watch it or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you watch that movie, and it's... like You don't think he's going anywhere. It's like a, a, You don't think that at that point now, 30, 40 years later, that this guy's going to be who he is.
2: Right, um, yeah. So it's a, They're both good lists. I mean, I don't know. It's tough, man, because Mr. Mom and... Spe- I love Beetlejuice 2, the original Batman, the movie, I should say, at least anyway... And Johnny Dangerously, that Michael Keaton, I think, peaked during that era, whereas Tom Hanks was just starting to ascend. And like you said, he kind of found himself and just took it to a whole new level. But between the two of them, man, that's a lot. Just between two guys, that's a hell of a lot of good movies in the 80s to to pick Mm -hmm. from. Um, You know, I'll circle right back to that. So we do something every week called I Was Today's Years Old. That's where we just learned something over this past week since we last talked that, we never knew before. I got one. You got one for this week? Oh yeah. What do you got? Mine is
1: aside from major cities, zip codes are done alphabetically. I did not know that. I Akron, don't know New York. Really? Akron, New York, 14001. It just you can go down the whole list. Now there's 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 exceptions. It's not exact, you know, it's not exact. But I mean, go ahead. Google. I see you doing it now. Google it. Go ahead. Google it or Wikipedia man. Like it's you know, there's there's exceptions in there because it's the U.S. government, so nothing is going to be perfect or nothing is going to make perfect sense. Right. But you get into the, um, you know, Akron, Albion, all that stuff. It starts to make sense. It's like that. That kind of blew my mind a little bit. It's not you know the OCD in me wants it to be 100% alphabetical. That's not the case. But I didn't even know there was any there's at least a little bit of rhyme and a little bit of reason
2: to the zip codes and how they're assigned. So I thought I found that very interesting. I never knew that. So I'm just learning about that for the first time. Mine is, let's just say a little bit less informative than yours. <laughs> I was today's years old when I learned that screwball, uh, peanut butter whiskey is now available as a pint of ice cream. You could buy it. like, like you get and Jerry's. I mean, you can't go to Publix or Wegmans or tops to get it. But you could go and buy pints of ice cream now that are uh, screwball, peanut butter, whiskey. 5% alcohol, too. Uh, it's expensive, though. A four-pack, I looked it up. Four pints, $49. So you're talking like 12, 12 bucks or so a, a pint of ice cream. But yeah, man, you could get Five, drunk and have ice cream at the same time.
1: 5% ABV. That's yeah, interesting.
2: That's, cr- that's crazy, man. This uh.
1: podcast brought to you by screwball Podcast whiskey. <laughs>
2: All so I want I want to finish finish back up with our with with the movies. Now, last week we did favorite '80s movies, and like an idiot, I decided to put it to Twitter <laughs> and put a poll up there saying who had the best. And <coughs> the final tally was Del Reed ninety four percent, Patrick Moran six percent. That was 94. Like, I was at 96 at one point. Oh, you slipped a little bit. I got I some slipped a little votes. bit. There's, I talked to a couple of cousins, a yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, couple of cousins to at least throw me a, I, I was literally begging people for a couple mercy votes <laughs> near the end. i retweeted that out. It was like, I don't know. That was like the NCAA tournament. That was like one verse 16 or, or like I said this on Twitter. It was like the 1984 election. It was like Reagan versus Mondale man, or, or like Josh Allen against the 2020 Miami Dolphins defense, where he just butchered them twice last year. It was embarrassing, man. But yo, I'm gonna call one dude out, man. Charlie Gross, podcaster, Twitter personality. I like him; he, he's a good dude. I just did his uh, I did his podcast a couple of weeks. His Bills Brawl podcast. I just did it last month. But yo, he dropped one of the worst tweets I've seen in a long time. I got this soundbite for people like him who sent out these tweets. Here it is.
0: Terrible tweet. Tell me I did not just see that.
2: Dude, he said, and I quote, this poll talking about the 80s poll that I put up is a clear reminder how thankful I should be that I was in elementary school for most of the 80s because it's pretty clear that the 80s was a bad movie decade. What the hell's wrong with him? What's wrong with him saying that? Charlie, come on, man. Yeah, I, I think I saw
1: his wife on Twitter call him out. I could be wrong, so if that's the, if that's the case. She should. Uh, Mrs. Charlie Gross, uh, I apologize if I'm misquoting you, but um, I got a hot take. I think the 90s were a better decade for movies than the 80s. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know, but um, there's also some recency bias. I have a a full, I mean, every movie that came out in the 90s, I was cognizant and aware of life (laughs) as opposed to being five years old at the outset.
2: That's fair. I mean, I'm almost five years older than you, so I might, you know, I was a little more Cognizant and older for some of the 80s movies. But by the way, so you dropped some really good ones. I dropped a couple of good ones. Just people just don't want to respect me, man. I, I think they're biased against me. But anyway, there were so many good ones, neither of us even mentioned. I, that's what I'm saying. Charlie's nuts, dude. I wrote a couple of these down Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, Coming to America, Revenge of the Nerds, Dirty Dancing, which I can't believe I didn't say that one. Better Off Dead, The Karate Kid, all of them. Die Hard, Goonies, E.T., Pretty in Pink. And Yo, real
1: quick, I'm here. Bro. You know, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because this is, you know, it's one of her favorite movies. The most overrated movie of the 1980s, maybe the 20th century, is Goonies. <laughs> I am not here, I, I, man. Every time we're flipping through the channels and Goonies is on, it's an automatic stop for her. And I just that movie is, I can't. Anyways, I just want to get that off my chest. Thank you.
2: I I semi agree with you. I don't. I get it's Beloved, though. It, it, it belongs to the list. It's Beloved. but just It is Beloved. I, it's not amongst my favorite. Like I'm kicking myself for not thinking of Caddyshack and not thinking of Dirty Dance and maybe Karate Kid. But I'm not kicking myself because I omitted uh, Goonies. One other one, too. Hugely popular. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, that's another that, one. That was
1: one that I really regretted not including. And, you know, I I should have given an honorable mention to to gremlins as well, too.
2: (laughs) Well, you're trying to get 98% of the vote instead of just 94. (laughs) Anyway, so this is what we're going to do going forward. So that was a fave five list. And I'm discontinuing that because it's possible that we could agree on some stuff. So what we're going to do going forward, starting today, is have a Mount Rushmore draft where we we draft four each, snake draft style. Um, We'll have a different topic each week but I do like the concept of putting it on Twitter over the weekend and letting fans vote and see what team I suppose you'd say uh, they like better. Today's topic is gonna be TV comedies, all-time TV comedies, your favorite TV comedy of all time. That's how we'll end this week. Uh, I'll tell you what, you're my guest. So I'll give you the choice for uh, this first one and then we'll alternate. Like whoever goes first this week, next week, the other person will go first. I'll let you have your choice. You wanna have your first, or do you want to have your next two? I want my next two. You go first. I'll go first. All right. Well, then, in that case, you already know what's coming. This this is the easiest number one for me anyway. That's that's ever been, and that's the office. I mean, it's my. It's not just my favorite comedy of all time. It's my. It's literally my favorite TV show of all time. It's just. It has everything, man. It's got arcing storylines. It's got funny characters, characters who, by the way, weren't famous. The actors and the actresses at that time, except Steve Carell, was getting there. But aside from that. They're all actors and actresses ascending. Great story arcs, hilarious, sneaky, romantic, and, and at times emotional. Even after Michael Scott, Steve Carell left after season seven, I still liked eight and nine. Not as much as the first seven, but I, I did like them. The, the finale, the, I, lo- I put a lot of stock into how the show wraps up and that show, the, the way it wrapped up to me was just perfect. So that's easy for me, man. So I'm definitely going to the office. So you got the next two.
1: I'm going to go with Arrested Development. Ooh. I'm not including the two Netflix seasons or three or however many of them now. Like the original three seasons of Arrested Development. Um, absolutely. And then I'll go with Parks and Rec. Low-hanging and fruit. Rec. They're two great classics.
2: Parks and Rec was on my list too. That was on my short list. Uh, didn't You know what's funny real quick here? Parks and Rec, I didn't want to like at first. I thought it was like a poor man's spinoff of The Office. Like with the mockumentary style looking at the camera. But... Man, that took on a life of its own. I, I absolutely love that. That was on my shortlist. Funny, this story about arrested development. I never watched it until it was on Netflix. And I loved it. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I haven't watched the last, I don't know, if there's one or two seasons, but I never watched it. It was originally on Fox, wasn't it, when it first aired, I think. Yeah. 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 It was never- really
1: groundbreaking. It was different than the, the traditional sitcom, you know, multi-camera um
2: or single camera, whatever they call it. I always get them mixed up. It was it, it was different. I grew a whole new appreciation for Jason Bateman after watching it. Yeah, I got hooked on that show, man. I, have, I loved it. It was awesome. All right, so you got Parks and Rec and Arrested Development. I got the office. So I got two here now. I'm gonna go, I gotta go Seinfeld. Have to go Seinfeld. And here's a funny story too. Much like uh, I just talked about with um, Arrested Development. I never, well, I shouldn't say never. I never got into Seinfeld in the 90s when it aired. Like you were, you said 90s was peak TV for you. Nineties for me was Pat became a bartender and Pat started going out drinking a lot (laughs) and doing a lot. Pat was very active. So Pat wasn't home watching a lot of uh, TV during the week or the weekends for that matter. And I don't recall DVR being a big day. I know VCR was, but whatever. It wasn't so easy to just tape something and watch it later like it is now. So I missed most of Seinfeld in the nineties. And it wasn't until about maybe two years ago where I binged the series. And then I went back and I binge it again just to make sure it was as good as I thought it was. So I'm going to go Seinfeld and then, uh, you know, I, I, this one might not score well with the audience, but you know, I'm going to stay true to myself. I don't care. This is brand new, man. Shit's Creek. I love Shit's Creek. I don't even know if you've seen it yet. Oh yeah. I love it. It's that show. Si- six seasons and I watched it when it first came on or when it first came on Netflix. I, re- I remember this. I watched maybe the first half. Maybe I got through the end of season when I was kind of bored. It was like, this really isn't doing a lot for me. And at some point I went back and got a little more into it. And by the end of, or midway through season two, these characters who were just so unlikable, man, I mean, they were terrible, (laughs) but they started showing slowly uh, some redeeming qualities. It's kind of like, like I'm a wrestling fan and they call it a slow burn. Like when you put a major program together and you're telling a story over the course of time, it's like a slow burn. That's what Schist Creek was to me. And my favorite thing is that it was six seasons and it never fell off. Like literally season two was better than one, three, better than two all the way through. So
1: yeah. <laughs> when David goes to live with the Amish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. And they didn't want him either. Well, they wanted did. to give him back to, uh, to, 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 to the roses anyway. All right. So yeah, I got office. I got Seinfeld and I got Schitt's Creek and now uh, you got two. Uh, yeah, you got your last two here and then I'll finish up.
1: Uh, next I, maybe I should have ranked this higher. Actually it was golden girls. Ooh. absolute classic you cannot watch that show and not crack up the it's it's it's, it's fantastic it's such a great show and mm-hmm. i haven't seen an episode in probably years now but uh i just remember just watching that show right around i think when my wife and i we got married in in 1999 that was always on tbs i think it was tbs it was always on and we were you know we watched so i didn't watch it so much when it was originally on but Watching it back then, you know, in late nineties, early two thousands, I think I saw most of the episodes, (laughs) man, it's just great. And you know, everybody loves Betty white, you know, everybody loves Betty white. She's just fantastic. in that show, what a great ensemble, the best shows, you know, are the ensembles, you
2: know, without a doubt. And is it aside from that? I can't, I gotta make, my friend Chris is not a Buffalo sports fan, but I gotta make sure she listens to this because she is like quite literally obsessed with the golden girls. She's got a little dog and the dog's name, Sophia. She just Fantastic. she everything Golden Girls, but anyway, go ahead. All right, so, what do you got for your last one? Okay, and this one's uh, kind of a,
1: a weird flex for me because I'm not done watching through it yet. You know, I'm I'm only in season three or four on I think it's on Prime uh, Thirty Rock. I mm. absolutely adore this show. Maybe the maybe the last few seasons suck. I don't know. With, they so, don't. You know, I I don't think they I didn't get the nah. impression that they did. But um, I absolutely love this show it's so good uh, it, it's so great another ensemble show where each character somebody does something and you're like oh that's so Tracy or just like oh that's so Dwight you know what I mean like th- th- that's that same thing with, with with 30 Rock I love the relationship with Liz Lemon and um, I'm having a total brain fart right now Alex, Alec Baldwin's character but, yeah I forgot his um, name too but I think I'm, <laughs> I'm looking look at, watch it every I'm night, looking I at him
2: right now watching it and, and it's just a uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I love that show. That would have been on my short list. Jack Donaghy. Jack Donaghy. There you go. All right. So this is my last one. I'm I'm, I'm tempted to go off my board, but I'm going to stay true to this, man. Going back to our childhood, I'm going to go with Cheers. Love the show Cheers. Um, I was a big fan when it was on, and then I didn't watch it for 20-some years, and I binged it maybe. By the way, I've binged like almost every TV show over the last couple of years because I work from home, and I really ain't got shit to do. So instead of, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm just doing work on my computer with my TV going on. I will just binge TV shows nonstop. But anyway, Cheers. The funny thing about Cheers though, compared to a lot of the shows that uh, we're watching or we're listening right now, well, maybe not Golden Girls because it's kind of in the same boat, very dated. Like stuff that went on in Cheers ain't going to work now. You ain't Mm. going to, like Carla would walk by and And Norm or or Cliff or somebody would smack her in the ass and and she would laugh about it. Now that's a lawsuit, that's that's sexual harassment, that's all kinds of things. So like the humor that was funny in the mid eighties, maybe into the early nineties, stuff that was acceptable in society really isn't. So the content, it feels like it's an old show, but to me, it might be the greatest classic American sitcom of all times. In fact, quite frankly, I I think it is. So I'm going to go with Cheers. Uh, be- before we wrap up, I'm going to let side you- note real quick. Uh, if I ahead. could interject,
1: so I'm wondering why Josh, my the awesome artist we were talking about earlier, our creative director. I'm wondering why, as I'm talking, he's sitting here waving and trying to get my attention. So this is instead of the day after or after the the, the recording, I guess just yesterday, Jessica Walter, who played Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development. I guess she just passed away. That oh. sucks. That sucks. She was awesome. She, you know her character yeah. couldn't couldn't wink. She's a terrible mother on the show, <laughs> great actress that, though. That sucks. She'll be missed.
2: Unlike shows like Golden Girls and and, uh, and and Cheers, a show like Arrested Development, I think it's even funnier when you watch it. Like now, maybe even, even than it was ten years or so ago. But these are going to be the ones that count. But like, give me one honorable mention. Like one that we didn't list. Like if you were to be able to slide a fifth one in, like an honorable mention. Maybe I'll stick it in the poll. Maybe I won't. If it, if it does, I'll list it as an honorable mention. Okay, uh
1: so this one I wouldn't rank 5th, but it's one I'd like to 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 bring up is I think it was only on for one season, Police Squad. It was mm. yeah. you know, The Naked Gun before The Naked Gun was a movie, yeah. there was Police Squad. And I always thought that was that was uh uh hilarious. I mean my brother and I we used to love the Naked Gun movies. So we went to, you know, Video Factory or wherever it was, we rented the old uh Police Squad. VHS back in back in like probably like 1991 we watched through it was great they'd be pouring the the episode would end and they'd be pouring coffee as a freeze frame but the coffee still pouring going on to their hands and everything at the the end of the show just (laughs) (laughs) fantastic so I I wanted that's more for informational purposes if nobody has ever didn't even know that was a tv show look it up it's pretty
2: great I would have said Family ties, just because I grew up wanting to be Michael J. Fox, Alex P. Keaton, wearing a shirt and tie. I went to a public school. I went to I went to West Hurdle Academy in Black Rock for Christ's sake, wearing a shirt and tie in seventh grade. That's not really the school that you wear to. I did have a couple written down just in case, like I had eight, just in case you stole a couple of mine, which you did. And I also had Veep, and I also had Curve Your Enthusiasm, two HBO shows that I'm a a big fan of. But anyway, I'm gonna put this up, and uh, we'll see. I hopefully I do better than six percent at least. <laughs> we'll have to see. But anyway, all right, give Dell a follow on Twitter at Dell Reed. Make sure you go and get that Allen shirt, man. It is really awesome. It looks great. It's for a great cause. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. My man, thanks as always. Casual Friday. We're getting this down packed, man. Slowly but surely, we'll add some segments and uh, we'll do some more stuff. But thanks as always, bro. This was fun. All right. Yeah. Always a pleasure, my
1: friend. We'll talk next week.
2: All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for today's episode. Very big thank you, one more time, my buddy Dell Reed. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Dell Reed, the leader of 26 Shirts, the leader of Bills Mafia. Genuinely great human being. I love Dell so, thank you very much, Dell. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please go ahead, do that right now. Rate and review all that fun stuff, it really, truly helps me continue to grow this podcast. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms out there, which by the way, except for Google Play, I don't know what happened, but when we switched host providers, something's up with Google and our last four or five episodes have not been uh, uploaded there. So if you happen to be hearing this somewhere else and you did subscribe on Google for the time being, go find somewhere else to do it. Anyway. Do that. Follow me on Twitter at Pam Moran tweets. I'm constantly on Twitter tweeting about this podcast, updates, promos, upcoming guests, polls. Thanks for Dell and I to talk about all kinds of stuff there at Pam Moran tweets. Thank you so, so much for listening. I say it all the time. I mean it every single time as well. There's so many great podcasts just from Buffalo alone out there. So when you're listening to this one, You're locked in. It just, man, it means the world to me. Really does. So thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Please let me emphasize that. Stay safe. And I'll be back. Brand new episodes next week.